You're listening to the Soul Aligned Self-Care Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Stinson, and today we're going to talk about eating to support and heal your body. If you've been with me in the Soul Aligned Self-Care world, then you know that I'm very passionate about nutrition and using that to support and heal my body. And if you're new here, I would like to share with you this passion that I have. Today on the show, I'll be sharing with you why this is so important to me and a few small steps that could help you get started to do the same thing. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Soul Aligned Self-Care Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Stinson, and we will be talking all about deep level self-care practices to help you have success in both your personal and professional life by reducing stress and anxiety and overwhelm, improving your mindset and creating a strong, loving connection with yourself. I'll see you on the inside. Hello and welcome back to the Soul Online Self-Care Podcast. As I said, today we're going to talk about eating to support and heal your body with food. Um, this is so important to me. I started probably around 2007 when I had a stroke. The stroke was really caused by the stress that I was under for a long period of time. But what it did was it showed me how important it is to balance all the different areas of your life. Because at the time, while I was under extreme, extreme stress for probably three or four years, to the point where my hair actually fell out, right? Um, I was at the time in the best shape of my life. I was using exercise as a coping mechanism to, to like anger and stress. I was going through like a divorce and stuff like that. Um, so I was in like the best shape of my life. And I also, I didn't really eat that bad. I didn't eat great, but I didn't eat bad, right? So the one thing that I really wasn't taking care of was my stress levels. And so I had the stroke and during my recovery, I, you know, I had to sit still for eight weeks. It was like, the longest eight weeks of my life. And I did a lot of thinking at that time. And what I wanted to do with my life from that point forward was look at all the areas of my life and see how I could improve them to the point where I would be as healthy as possible so that I could be around to raise my children. It was so important to me. It was a very strong why, so to speak. So that just started the journey. It was a very, I'm not going to lie, it was kind of a slow journey, right? Um, I mean, I didn't get certified as a health coach until 2015. And then after that, I became certified as a culinary nutrition expert and then an educator and then a life coach. I managed to put all these things together, all these lessons and all those years and all those certifications into one package to help my clients put the best version of themselves into the world while feeling incredible, okay? And part of that feeling incredible is controlling your stress and anxiety levels, okay? So that you don't burn out, you don't feel overwhelmed, but you can still have all those things that you want in your life and all that success, I believe being mindful about what you put into your body to fuel your body is epically important. It's huge. The one time that this was very noticeable, almost instantaneously to me, was when I was training for a triathlon. Now, I cannot remember the time period. Like, so I remember going vegan like around 2007. I don't know if I went vegan right away or I eased myself into it. I know I was like vegetarian for a while. And then when I decided to go vegan, I went like all vegan, 
right? So I was training for this triathlon and during that time period was also around that same time when I went vegan. And so I knew how I felt before and then how I felt after. It was very apparent because I was training really hard. The difference was so noticeable. I had tons of energy. I recovered a lot quicker, like a lot quicker from my workouts. I'm trying to think how old I was at the time. I'd have to like really, I'd have to like look at my my race pictures or something like that to figure it out. But also I even lost a little bit of weight. I didn't really need to lose a lot of weight. I had a little extra weight hanging on and losing that little bit of weight just made my, my, um, training more efficient. It just made me a strong runner, swimmer, biker. Like it just really like gave me kind of like an edge, so to speak. I was absolutely amazed. Needless to say, I was pretty hooked. And I'm so glad, even though this experiment was not intentional at all, it was very, um, I, it was very eye-opening. It was amazing. Nowadays, I call myself plant-based because I do not eat a totally vegan diet all the time. I'm not terribly serious about it. I definitely eat honey and I sometimes eat eggs every now and then. I go through like these little stages. And if someone gives me a cookie or a piece of birthday cake or something at a party, I eat it. No questions asked. No, I'm vegan. Does this have eggs and milk in it or whatever? I just... I just do it. I feel like the occasion is more important than some of the, these choices I, I make about myself. I try to eat like super healthy 80, 90% most of the time so that when those times do come up, I don't have to fret about it. You know what I'm saying? You have to have fun sometimes. I always joke around and I say I'm on the Tina diet, right? And even though it's kind of a joke, I'm pretty serious about it because what you really have to look at is what's good for you, not what, not following some like fad diet to the T. You know what I mean? It's what's good for me, and this and this takes time to figure that out. Because what you have to do is you have to pay attention to how the foods you're eating make you feel, and how they serve your body. Okay, and everybody is different. Every person is different, and that's why I really just don't believe in like fad diets. Really, what's important to you? is what matters. If you're a vegan because you don't want to support an industry that makes animals suffer or you want to support the environment, then that's awesome. And I 100% agree with that, right? Some people do it for their health. That's awesome too. I started out doing it for my health, but when you start to eat plant-based or vegan, a vegan diet, then you become way more empathetic and aware of the suffering that eating animal products can cause. I believe over time it makes you very, like a very empathetic, caring person. Now, if you eat animal products, don't get all offended. I'm not saying people that eat animals products aren't empathetic or caring. I'm just saying it was amazing how much more aware it made me. It really, and, it, and over the years, more and more, okay? Since that time back in 2007, I've learned so many ways to support my health and my body just from, you know, trial and error and trying new things and meeting new people and reading books, you know, um, and taking those certifications that I took, right? And being mindful about what I eat is always one of the things that is at the top of my list, okay? So today I want to go over a few steps that could be really helpful in getting you started. They're very, very simple steps. So first, be mindful about what you're putting in your body. I know all these are going to sound super simple, but I don't think a lot of us do these. Like a lot of us go day to day 
we we know, you know, maybe we know we put we eat a pop tart every morning. Pop tarts are our favorite, but we don't know what's in a pop tart. So what I mean about being mindful is first you're gonna ask yourself this question. Like every time you go to have a drink of anything or you eat anything, say, does this support my body and my health or does this support disease in my body? Or you could even say it dis-ease, right? Is this gonna support me? right? This isn't about being a perfectionist with everything you eat. This is just about becoming more aware of what you're putting in your body. All right. So that's like the first step, like just really just becoming aware. I want to like say it again. This isn't about being perfect because being perfect can be a problem also. Like, you know, if you're going to stress yourself out and suck all the fun and joy out of food, then you're not going to be healthy either. That's not going to be healthy for you. So you have to have like a balance of, like I say, I always say, I eat 80% healthy, right? I really think it's closer to 90%. Um, But I have, I eat stuff that's not good for me. Like sometimes, you know, like sometimes when I go to the food store, I grab a peppermint patty, you know, like, I don't know. I can't think of anything off the top of my head right now, but I do eat things that aren't good for me sometimes. Um, And I enjoy them and I'm not going to feel bad about it because most of the time, as I said, I'm eating very well and taking very good care of my body. Now, the next step is to eat real food. Many of us go day to day snacking and eating in our busy lives and we don't really even know what's in the food that we're eating, like I just said. The key, and I believe the most important thing, is to eat real food. Now, that sounds super super simple, right? Because it really, it kind of is. Today, it's hard. Like when you, when you go to the the supermarket, you see all these things in the supermarket. But if you really like think about what real food is, then, you know, as they say, shop the outer edge of the supermarket kind of. But um, I don't 100% agree with that because a lot of like the dairy and the meat, um, I mean, I don't, buy that kind of stuff. But I also believe that people, even if you don't want to be plant-based or vegan, a lot of that food is not very healthy just because of the way that it's made. Okay. And so we could like really go deep into like also organic food and stuff like that, but I'm not going to get, go too far into that today. I'm just going to talk about eating real food. So now, as I said, it sounds really simple and it is, but it's not always easy because you, what you see when you go to the supermarket, Um, We're surrounded by things that are processed, full of chemicals that can even have many false health claims on labels. Okay, I have to like mention this while I'm while I'm talking, but it's a beautiful day here, Um, like extremely beautiful where I'm living and I have my windows open. So if you hear the birds singing, I actually just hope you enjoy it because I know I'm supposed to have complete silence when I do podcasts. But I find the birds singing just so beautiful and almost the perfect background music. So I hope you enjoy it as well. Okay, moving forward. So as I said, a lot of the things that are in the supermarket are processed full of chemicals and they may even have many false, like misleading health claims on the labels. And it's a well-known saying that if a label has many, 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 many health claims on it, like over all over the whole box or whatever, it's probably not good for you. Like you don't see any health claims on an apple, right? So really what you should be eating are the things without the labels or at the very least, things that have limited ingredients on the labels. So your job 
And this is a, a pretty big job, but once you get, get into the groove of it, it gets really interesting and fun and easier. So your job is to actually look at the labels, read the ingredients, and figure out what all that stuff is, right? And you'll, you'll get to a point like me where if I pick something up and there's like 30 to 40 ingredients on it, I just put it down and I'm just not going to eat it because I don't really want to take the time to learn what all those things are. And I'm pretty sure I could say with like 99% accuracy that it's probably not that good for me right? And if you don't know what one of the ingredients is, when you first start though, look up some of the stuff, all right? If you don't know what it is, look it up. We have Google now. It's like very, it's amazing. And then you should ask yourself the question when you find out what it is and what it might do to you. Like what are the side effects of this said ingredient, right? Would you feed this to a baby or your child, like a small child? And if the answer is no, then you probably shouldn't eat it either, right? So it's a very... It's a very simple, as I said, simple, but not easy. Also, if you're accustomed to eating a lot of processed foods, prepackaged foods, it's going to be an adjustment to start eating real food because there's a lot of prep involved. You have to make stuff. It's not, not everything is ready made. And so um, give yourself a break, you know, like maybe just say to yourself, you know, you know, this week I'm going to make sure I eat all my breakfasts are going to be real whole food. Okay. And then expand it. Once you get used to it, then expand it. Don't, uh, I mean, you can go a hundred percent in, but, um, my worry is that you'll get fried because it can be, if, if you're shifting from eating a very processed diet to eating all real whole food, it could be quite a chore. Um, if you have the ability to order like some of those, um, those meal delivery services, either the ones that, like they deliver all the ingredients to you and then you just make it. Um, that might make your life easier. I know those can be quite expensive. Also, maybe sometimes delivering, having like delivering certain foods to your house, um, like a food box. Uh, I don't want to like mention any specifically, but um, like those services, you could services that automatically weekly deliver healthy, whole, organic food to your house, okay? Um, there's also CSA, which stands for Community Supported Agriculture, and you could become a part of a CSA in your area, and it's the same kind of thing. You pay, like, you know, a certain amount of money. I can't remember if it's weekly or monthly, and you get fresh, organic food right from a farm, okay? And one of the biggest things, um, I used to do this before I started growing my own food, one of the things I notice is that when you get this food from the farm, it's fresh. It's not traveling on a truck to get to the supermarket and then you're buying it. It's fresh, it lasts longer, and it's awesome. All right, moving on. So I've I've learned a lot of things reading levels, uh, labels. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'm going to just share with you some of the things I've learned. Sometimes there's more than one type of sugar on the label. They just use many different names that aren't familiar to you, so you don't, maybe, so you don't realize how much sugar is in the food. Um, they legitimately put milk in everything. So like when I was going vegan, I would start reading labels and they put milk in things and it's just, you're like, why? Like it's simply just not necessary, okay? Um, food companies actually make healthy versions of specific foods for other countries because these other countries banned some of the ingredients, okay? But they still feed us in the USA the crap, okay? There's a lot of different foods. Now, if you want to learn more about this, you could follow Food Babe on 
all, all, all social media platforms. She's great. She looks into all this stuff and she's very interesting. So she's definitely the queen. Um, also they put maltodextrin in so many things and this is really bad. It's bad for your gut health. It's bad for your blood sugar levels. And with the amount of people in the United States that are either pre-diabetic or diabetic, they should know about this maltodextrin. Okay. This is why it's just good to learn about what you're eating. Because if you are like pre-diabetic or diabetic or suffer from a disease um, that causes like gut dysregulation, then this is important, right? It's important to know this information. That's why it's just simpler to eat real food and not have to worry about all those, you know, weird ingredients with the long 26 letter names, you know. The next thing I do, okay, after you know, going through the steps that I just talked about is to not only look up the ingredients um, that I don't recognize, but also look up if they are safe. And that's when you learn how bad a lot of this stuff is for you. And I want you to keep into consideration that when you're looking up that one ingredient, it's not even taking into consideration that it's being mixed with so many other ingredients over the course of a day while you're eating all this stuff, okay? And so I feel like it's just bad to keep, I feel like it's just better to keep all of this stuff out of our diet. Um, and you will also learn that some of these things with the weird names are not bad for you. Okay. So it's good to learn. I'm not saying everything that you can't pronounce or understand is bad for you. You have to look it up to learn about it. Now I have, I have a little bit of a warning. Once you start doing this, you can't, you can't unsee it, <laughs> but now you can just get better options, which will support your health. And this leads me to the next step find better options. So after you learn about some of the things that you eat on a regular basis, like if you go into your refrigerator and you're looking at your salad dressings and your condiments and your the bread that you buy and you learn that the bread that you buy has 40 ingredients and three of them are sugar and <laughs> Tina was right, maltodextrin is in everything and <laughs> all this stuff that you learn and you decide you don't want to put these things in your body anymore, then the next step is to find some better options. And there's a couple of ways you could do this. Like you could be a total like badass crazy person and clean out your whole pantry and your fridge and just get rid of everything and replace it. Now, first of all, with the price of food, um, the way it is nowadays, a lot of people aren't going to want to do that. So my, there's a better way to do this slowly with small steps. And I think that's the easiest way. Now, I'm not saying you should just you know, you could, if you wanted to replace your whole pantry and fridge, then go for it. But what works really well is when you find something that you just don't want to buy anymore or consume, when it runs out, you go to the store and you buy a new one, find a better option. So say like if we're talking about salad dressing, you know, look for a better option. Maybe that doesn't have, you know, as much sugar or has a healthier oil in it or whatever. My suggestion with salad dressing is to always make your own because it's easy. If you want to learn like the go-to recipe to make any salad dressing, then you could just message me, you know, on Instagram. I'm at Tina Stinson Coach. I'd be glad to share it with you. Or you could message me anywhere and I'll share it with you. But unless you're so upset about the ingredients, then I guess you could just throw it out and find another option right away. But I would do it like one thing at a time. I'm just trying to show you the easiest way to transition into eating to support your health and your body. You don't have to do this overnight. 
Also, when you're dealing with other family members in the household, they might get upset. So it would be helpful to include them in the process and let them help pick out the newer options. And it's a good teaching moment for kids to learn about putting healthier things into their body. If you have kids that are athletes, they would probably be into this because some of these things might really um, not um, fuel their body correctly. And if they fuel their body better, they could be better athletes, blah, 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 and so on, right? So everything I talked about today is just a couple of small steps, like a starting point. And I'll be, I'll be, I go deeper into this um, on my Instagram sometimes. I share what I eat on a daily basis. And now that the weather's getting nicer, I, I'm a huge gardener. I grow a lot of my own food. I'm calling myself a garlic farmer because this year is probably the first year I'll be able to sell some of the garlic that I've planted. And so I'm really into it. So on Instagram is where I, I share that mostly, at Tina Stinson Coach. I feel like these are enough steps to get started and make some really big changes in your life. And I want to encourage you to take these steps. It may be a lot of upfront work, but the long-term effect can be life-changing for your health. As I said, uh, the experiment, the one that I didn't plan on doing with myself while I was training for a triathlon, and I, I started to do some of these things in my life, I, I, I the, the, Oh my God, the changes were just so noticeable and it was amazing. And I'm so glad that I had that experience. Now, if you plan on joining me on Instagram, please send me a private message and let me know that you're there watching. I love hearing from people in the community and also reach out if you have any questions. If you found today's episode helpful, then please share the love with some other people. I would love for this to get in front of as many people as possible. Okay, until next time. Bye.